All right. What's up, guys? Um, it's been a few weeks, um, but we're back with Stories That Inspire. I'm the host, Patrick Hayes, as many of you know by this point. If you don't, you must have been listening to a different podcast on Xavier Newswire. And if you were, go check out some of the other ones and Newswire Live, which I'm also on for What in the World. So if you want more of me, go over there as well. But for now and today, uh, I'll be talking to one of my, I guess I would say pretty good friends now. I <laughs> Uh, Carson Carrico. So Carson, if you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, sure. what you're studying. Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Carson Carrico. I'm a first year from Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, I'm a double major in marketing and business analytics with a minor in political economy. And you're a Smith Scholar as well. Scholar. Oh my God, who so said are you, that? Patrick. Yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, Carson and I, when did we meet? A few weeks in, probably? Yeah, I'd say one of the... F- I Definitely on a retreat that we went to. We had a retreat for uh, our our Smith program that we're in for the business school. And uh, that's, I guess that's where I met a lot of people. But um, my, our mutual friend, Jack, mm-hmm. um, he was... He lives a few doors down from me in Bangor, where I live. So if you ever want to stop and say hi don't it's a little scary to see people camping outside your door but regardless uh our mutual friend jack lives a few doors down and i met him probably the first week of school so i he was really the only person i knew other than uh our other friend uh nick walro mm-hmm. um but yeah so i was trying to hang out with jack and see what he's like and i remember uh carson came down and sat next to jack and i was like this guy seems all right I just, yeah he seems fine you know my my main goal was to impress you yeah I, that's what friend. i thought yeah. pretty much <laughs> yeah I, I i completely agree um you know they, a, a lot of people uh like to flatter you no oh, yes. um you know uh me included so but anyways but yeah so that's kind of the story of how we met um i wanted to bring carson on the podcast tonight um because he had uh, he had a story that I very much relate to um, that I really like. Um, if you want to tell them a little bit about what your story is, yeah. Uh, basically, my story is Patrick texted me earlier today. I was like, "Can you throw me a bone here and help me out?" And I was like, "Well, what do I need to do?" And he's like, "Can you just talk about you know a story that you learned throughout your life that kind of impacted you or changed you mm-hmm. or motivated you to learn about something?" Mm-hmm. And I thought about it and I was like. Uh, the main motivator, I think, for my education, especially in my earlier years, was definitely reading, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and in particular, fantasy stories, so like Harry Potter, but the one that impacted me the most was Percy Jackson. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree as well. Um, I don't know when you started reading them, but for me, I definitely started reading, I think it was like my third grade year, because oh, wow. I was like, I was like huge into Harry Potter, mm. um, and I read a ton of those. Like, I just devoured those books. And my mom was like, "I don't really have anything else for you to read." So, like, when I started going to the library, I was like, "Well, I got to find something else to read." And I picked up one because I thought it was cool. Like, kid was standing with the sword on the cover. Yep. And I think it was about it was about the time when he had started releasing like the second series, like the Heroes of Olympus yeah. ones. Yeah. And I they had like come out year after year. So once I devoured the Percy Jackson books, I picked up those ones. And I honestly, I've been reading ever since. I still That's read awesome. them. Yeah. No, I was a, I was Harry Potter in all of fourth grade, and then <laughs> like couldn't find anything after that, just because mm. I think I was kind of closed minded. Like nothing will be better than Harry Potter. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I, one of my friends in middle school, in I think seventh grade, was like Percy Jackson's like just as good, and I was like, no way. <laughs> so I read the first one to try and like prove her wrong, but she was right. And uh, of course she was. What was awesome was that uh, I didn't know this, but a few years earlier, one of my close buddies was reading the Heroes of Olympus series. Oh, okay. And he 
wanted the second one, the son of Neptune mm-hmm. for his birthday. And so me and my mom got it for him and Rick Riordan <laughs> was doing a book signing. So no, I, I met you got Rick it Riordan. signed? That's so sick. I, I met him like six years before I was even interested in, his, <laughs> in his, any of his work. So I thought that that's was awesome. pretty funny. That's great. That's so cool. That's one of my, that's one of my dreams someday. That's, he's on, he's definitely on my list oh, to yeah, go no. visit and get a book signed. He from. seems like a down to earth guy too, which is really cool. Yeah. He, you know, he's working on that TV show. I know. It occupies a lot of his time I'm these so days. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I wanted to ask Carson, what are uh, some moments from, uh, I guess, Percy Jackson or the larger like mythology universe that uh, uh, Rick Riordan has created that uh, have kind of always stuck with you over the years? And uh, why do you think that these, some of these moments have uh, stood out for so long to well, you? Yeah. Uh, the, the first thing that kind of stood out to me was when we're introduced to Percy, we know he has like dyslexia and ADHD. Right. And as someone that does have ADHD, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But mm-hmm. it's explained that he, it's not just like a learning disability for him. It's like he has these warrior instincts inside of him because he's a demigod. And so he can't sit still and stay focused. So that's why. So, you know, like 12-year-old me was fascinated by that. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm a demigod too because I, I have the same problem. <laughs> But I, I liked how he took something that is usually shown in the negative light, Rick mm-hmm. Riordan did, and was like, no, it's actually something really cool, and it's very empowering. So I thought that stuck with me, just that, how he's able to turn something positive. But uh, the reason why um, it's kind of stuck with me for so long is just, I played Quick Recall uh, in, <laughs> in middle school and okay, also in high okay. school. And gotcha, so, gotcha. Greek Gods, if anyone has ever played Quick Recall before, it's just like trivia-based um, questions that you're on a team and you play against other schools. And, um, I know that for anyone that playing quick recall, there's so many questions about Greek mythology and <laughs> before reading any of the Percy Jackson series, I didn't know any of them, but while I was reading it, questions would pop up. Like I just read about Demeter <laughs> or Aphrodite, like right before this. So it, that's kind of why I stuck with it for so long. I think he has such a way, um, Riordan does, to just kind of spoon feed you these like these huge like world building elements mm-hmm. and like these uh, all this fact and information about the characters and about ancient Greece that I I still find myself surprised to know about this de- uh, to this day. Um, one of my favorite authors uh, personally, his name's Brandon Sanderson. I've talked about him quite a bit on this, um, I'm sure. But um, one of the things that I like that he says about writing, um, he always explains like a story um, to his kids and uh, about uh, kind of like getting them to eat their vegetables. So he and his wife have this, uh, these like breakfast smoothies that they make for the kids. And they're like, they're like green and you know, they, they, you know, they have vegetables in them, but they, they taste kind of sweet. And he describes like giving the world information and the backstory and everything in these like smoothies. Like his kids like them because it's like, oh, it's gross. It's alien slime. Like we're drinking them or whatever, you know, something, something like that. But he, uh, he, you know, it's good for them and they also enjoy it. And I think that's kind of what you have to do as an author. Um, to you know, spoon feed this information about the world to your readers, and I think Riordan does that every single time. Oh yeah, it like I I've never had a time where I'm like upset to learn about something from ancient Greece because he's talking about it. Yep. But I always thought that that was um, just fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I obviously I, there's a ton of characters in those books. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to touch on a few specific ones and explain kind of what they mean to you, why you like them the most, stuff like that. 
Uh, am I am I limited to Percy Jackson, or can I go into the Heroes of Olympus? You can go, you can go okay, into the thing. Uh, I'd say my favorite character in all of you know Rick Riordan's work is definitely Jason. Uh, okay, he's okay. like kind of the main character of uh, the Heroes of Olympus series mm-hmm. next to Percy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the son. I believe he's the son of the Roman. He's a Roman son. I think it's Jupiter. Well. Yeah, Zeus. I, I Zeus, so. Jupiter. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. And um, I always liked him because you know, like kind of like with Harry Potter, how you always want to know what house you're in. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That mm-hmm. When you take those tests online. I did that with Percy Jackson. Like, who's my Greek, you know, parent? Like, who's the, who's my god or goddess parent? And I got Zeus. And okay. since the in the per, in the Percy Jackson series, there's no son of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that, in, that they have that agreement mm-hmm. that the the big three Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. For any of you uh, lore knowers out there, like myself, <laughs> um, they have that agreement where they can't have kids, and Poseidon breaks the pact. And then Hades breaks the pact, and, and, then, <laughs> and Zeus then Zeus breaks, breaks the, the pact. pact. Yeah, so they don't do a very good job at yeah, that no, it's at ter- all. It's a terrible pact. The prophecy was literally that one of the children was going to overthrow Olympus. It's literally a hundred percent failure rate. I know. <laughs> like, they all <laughs> they dropped like flies, it's which is terrible. It's awful. But uh, back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, yeah, go for he, it. He, uh, since we're not introduced to his son of Zeus at all in that first series, I'm kind of was just like, there's no one kind of like me because like, <laughs> my my dad in quotation marks is yeah, yeah. is Zeus or Jupiter. And then when Jason gets introduced, then it's like I'm the son of the Zeus or Jupiter figure. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it's kind of like me. And then he's also uh, pretty similar to me too, like. Uh, same physical aspects, same, you know, pretty much everything. And uh, he's also, like, a really charismatic guy, which I thought was amazing because there's so much stuff that's thrown at him, like his memories erased. He mm-hmm. has all these, like, issues that goes on throughout the five books in the series, and he just doesn't care. <laughs> like, he, he just keeps his head down. He has that, like, warrior-type mentality and just fights through it all. And he's also got some really cool powers. Like, he can fly. <laughs> that, is, that is true. And that is I really sweet. would like to fly, so <laughs> I really want to be like him. But, uh... I'd say my favorite character in just like the original series uh, would probably be Grover, and he's the okay. uh, satyr. So like gotcha. he's assigned uh, for any for just some background info, he's assigned to like be Percy's ride or die. Like, <laughs> well, he's assigned it at first. He's assigned he, to be his ride or die. He, uh, it's pretty chill. He ends up becoming really close friends with him, and he's he's half man, half goat. Uh, <laughs> he's got goat legs, and uh, he's just. He's that comedic relief that yeah. like action adventure fantasy type books really need, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he keeps kind of everything grounded, which is kind of funny because yeah. he's not at all humanistic, but he kind of is the human figure in that book because all these other people have these crazy powers. Um, yeah, that is that is and true. He's I never kind of just that. normal. Like he, he, the only thing he really can offer in terms of like combat or like going on these adventures is just his knowledge Mm -hmm. he doesn't have like water abilities like percy or like extreme wisdom like annabeth does the daughter of athena so Mm -hmm. just him kind of realizing his strengths and uh, his strengths and weaknesses and playing off of those and just being a positive outlook on everything kind of was what i related to yeah i think that's that's a great um thing to touch on like i feel like a lot of stories heavily rely on like a character that grounds other characters or Mm. with humor because i mean you can have a lot of fun a lot of fun characters that are serious but you gotta have the comic relief you gotta be able to make somebody laugh it's kind of like how you are in our little friend oh that is so that is so true i'm the little guy you know that's a little guy you're taller than all of us (laughs) um but yeah i i could definitely see um 
you as the, <laughs> the son of Zeus. You're very, you keep your head down, you keep going, you don't really care about what a lot of people say about you. Like yeah, yeah, I think that's that that's a very important quality to have. Awesome. And like being able to kind of categorize yourself, I've always found is very helpful because mm-hmm. you can find role models and people to look up to. Because as much as we uh, say um, you fit into one category, you're really all the categories and the tests are programmed to make you a certain thing. But like, it doesn't matter. Like you, uh, you define yourself based on uh, external and internal motivations. Um, And I think that you taking that test um, is just (laughs) really, uh, it really shows, at least to me, the type of person that you are. but yeah, make me blush over here. You're making me Hiding blush. Me up. Wow, we're gonna have like a little, a little uh, compliment fest on the on the podcast. Patrick, you're very you're, you're the comedic relief. You're that so is funny. <laughs> oh, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought we should segue a little bit more right. here um, into or I think it's our fourth question. Um, but there's, is there, I, I often ask this with people or like, I, I don't know, sometimes I have to change it up a little bit. Um, the listeners will understand like if it's not like a fantasy or a sci-fi book. Um, but with Percy Jackson, we kind of get to experience, um, a little bit more of this. Is there anything about the setting or I guess like the world building or, um, that, that you just find like fascinating about Percy Jackson, yeah. like especially relating to the mythos, like what keeps you and what makes you want to stay in this world? I think what Rick Riordan does such a good job, job of is that something that like these fantasy books really try to focus on is the world, the fact that there's not, there's nothing set that's saying this doesn't actually happen in our world because it's all just one big secret. Like with Harry mm-hmm. Potter, the wizards are kept a secret from like the muggles, like the normal people. Yeah. And just like, that it translates over to Percy Jackson because there's no denying like, Oh yeah, this world could be real. Like, uh, they're not always in Olympus or always in the underworld or in these like classic Greek settings. Like the entry to Olympus is in the empire state building. And (laughs) like Percy and his friends are always traveling to like real world places like the grand Canyon or the arch in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not completely disconnected where if you're reading like classic Greek literature, like the Odyssey, uh, it's all these outlandish places that we don't relate to at all. But when you kind of hear it come from our perspective of what we know, we're a bit more interested in it. Like, Oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Olympus is connected to the empire state building. It's a very like modern mythos. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't even call it a retelling. I would just call it like a new generation of stories. Like it's, I don't know. Um, I what what I thought was always really interesting about the stories too, especially with the connected kind of interwoven universe he made, um, is I I don't know if you ever read the Magnus Chase books by I him. Did. Yeah, I always really enjoyed like seeing those kind of like collide. Like mm-hmm. Magnus is Annabeth's cousin, and yeah. they have this power in their family to attract the gods, or mm-hmm. like that they have like the mist. I guess is mm-hmm. is that what it's called? Yeah, I can't remember. Mist. Yeah, the mist, and then they I think it's called glamour or something like that something norse in the in the other books but Mm -hmm. they have like the same kind of principle it's just uh you know it's just called different things and i think that's really cool it gives like a bigger sense of culture within the book shows that he's really really thought this out and like you know other cultures have the names for the same things like in Mm -hmm. real life um and obviously it's a little bit easier to get the examples from real life for that though but i i don't think that discredits any of his work no it does not um 
but yeah, I think most often the most interesting stories happen with the like the the what if kind of thing. So like, what if the Greek gods were real, Are or real, what if yeah. gods were real? And most of the time, that's where the best stories come from. Like, like that, the same thing that's with Harry the- Potter. Gen- genuine question that he started with probably is like what if they are real and then like with jk rowling like what if wizards were real yeah. like it's these huge what if scenarios that you're able to build an entire world off of mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really intriguing to read on yeah no like i i think it's i think it's fascinating the way um that writers can just take a, a simple premise and just build off of that. like that yep. just twist it um but yeah, so I wanted to move on to our next topic here. Okay. Um, of uh, I, I would I, we've touched on this a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to ask uh, what kind of I guess what kind of themes or messages do you take away, or what do you think that Percy Jackson is trying to say? Um, and, and this goes for all yeah, the books. I would, whatever I would you definitely say. say his, like, main message, I guess, is what he's trying to convey, other than, like, just tell a really kick-ass story. Yeah, is yeah. Is that uh, just, it's fine to be different. Mm-hmm. Like, like obviously, all like, at Camp Half-Blood, like, the summer camp that all the demigods go to, like, mm-hmm. they're broken up into the, like, who their parent is. So, like, the house of Athena, the house of, you know, like, uh, Ares, the house of Hephaestus. Like, they're all broken up, but, like, they're all extremely different, even though they share a common parent, like, we know that um, Cassandra, who's like the daughter of Ares, is like the typical like how you picture Ares, mm-hmm. um, just battle torn, like fighter, <laughs> yeah. just always going for it. But then there's another. I don't remember his name, but there's another son of Ares in that story who's like completely book smart and like mm-hmm. still kind of war focused, like strategic, but just very introverted, and which is a complete 180 from the other one of his children. Yeah. And uh, I think that's Rick Riordan kind of telling, like, it's fine to be different. Mm-hmm. Like, all these demigods have different powers and different uses throughout their stories. And, like, you know, Grover is not even human, but he still fits in with all of them. And how, like, uh, I don't remember his name, but the mentor of Percy, he's like the uh, centaur. Oh, Chiron? I think it's Chiron. Yeah, Chiron. Yeah. He, like, he's half horse, uh, but <laughs> yeah. he, like, no one treats him differently. And, like, mm-hmm. and then when we're, like, we learn that. Percy's the son of Poseidon, which should not be the case because the the three top gods, Poseidon, Hades, and Zeus, all agreed not to have children. Mm-hmm. He's shunned at first, but then when he starts, you know, like actually being himself and getting confident and making friends, people don't treat him any differently. So I think Ray Ryder was just trying to like show, yeah, you're different. So what? Yeah. Like, because I think that's really important in today's society because everyone has a different story and different backgrounds. Uh, and that we shouldn't really judge other people for that stuff. I completely agree. I think um, one of the most fascinating things that I think happened in the books is the slow like introduction of LGBTQ characters. Oh yeah, and I think that that's fantastic. Like in the earlier books, it wasn't as much. Oh yeah. Um, but you, when you got to around to the Heroes of Olympus, like this was before a lot of at least for me. Um, I don't know how people felt on the issue. Like, I mean, he was writing about gay yeah, characters like, before gay marriage was they, legalized. Yeah, I mean, like, it's he was it, like my introduction to that stuff too. Yeah, like, I, I, like Nico, the, the mm-hmm. uh, son of Hades. Like, you you kind of like he he did a good job at just not like it. Definitely seemed planned out. Yeah, like, no, it he, definitely he didn't wanted seem to implement this into his character mm-hmm. um, because you can see he kind of like does have an attraction towards Percy, mm-hmm. and like that was the first time I had read like in a book that there is someone, there is an LGBTQ character. I have, um, 
major gripes with stories that, especially like now, you see a lot of terrible uses of this by terrible Hollywood writers because they don't understand what people want. Like writers that just push the fact that someone is gay, that someone is trans, that someone is a different what insert race here. Like I hate that fact of the of the whole like we have to make it their character. Just make them that and exactly. make them a good character. Exactly. It doesn't put the story first. They are this because that. Like I mean, I I don't know. I just I completely disagree with what some of the people I, I understand the message obviously. It's it's good that they're trying to push the message, yeah. but focus on the character first. The characters that are of of a different race, are of a dif- different gender, are uh, of a different sexuality, um, they they're good characters because you have made them good characters, not because they are those things. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I I I agree. Like a lot of my introduction to that kind of stuff was within the books. Like I remember specifically reading the Magnus Chase books. Like uh, spoilers for the end of the Magnus <laughs> Chase books, if you guys Uh-oh. you know are are talking about it. But I remember there's a specific scene where Magnus, I forget the the uh, person's their name. I think it's Alex or something like that. Um, they come around in the, I believe it's the second book. They're like the son of Loki and, you know, they shift or whatever between genders. So they're, they're gender fluid, I think. Um, uh, just like Loki. Just like Loki <laughs> in the mythology, yeah. Um, and I think that that's such a cool way to introduce a uh, gender fluid character. Um, and I remember the scene um, where Magnus, I think, is is they they embrace or something or kiss or something i can't remember like that but the the end of it uh he realizes that alex was like a guy during the kiss and he had only uh kissed them when they were uh they were a girl and uh he was like yeah i just yeah. really don't care yeah, exactly and i thought that was a really really cool way to introduce it because it doesn't matter um and that's i just thought that yeah, was fascinating he, rick Ryden does such a good job at handling that too because mm-hmm. like we're introduced to the character and then it just takes so long to where uh, it's like revealed their sexuality or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like when I was reading um, the original series, and like we get to know Nico as a character. He's just this shy boy who loses his sister. Yeah. And like he just goes through so much, and he's the son of Hades, which, in my opinion, is not the best godparent to have. <laughs> yeah. No, that's kind of Hades a, that's being that's the a god of the underworld <laughs> is a little rough one. But uh, his powers aren't his awesome. Powers though. are very cool. I always liked um, him for that. Yeah. But, but just we we grow with him as a character, bef- and mm-hmm. um, when it, it does come around to him confessing his feelings towards Percy, mm-hmm. um, you're kind of just like like okay, like you're just invested in the character at this point. You don't care that he's. Yeah, you're like yeah, tracks and then makes uh, sense. And then uh, one of my like one of my the fa- like what regarding is kind of a you know leaning it towards is definitely uh like putting characters together like he loves shipping two characters together. that, that is true he, every that single is character true. is dating another character in that story but mm-hmm. like seeing nico end up with i think his name was i think it's will oh, was it will I yeah he's the will. son of apollo yeah just seeing that like perfectly play out was like really satisfying for nico's character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I think that's that's probably one of his best themes within his oh, work yeah. is that it's okay to be different. Yeah. And I think he embodies that perfectly. Um, but yeah, kind of moving on to, I guess, our last question here, Carson. Right. Um, is there anything that the story has, uh, or the story of Percy Jackson or like the greater universe has inspired you to either create or like what are, um, or how has it influenced your life on a daily basis, I suppose? Oh. I would definitely say like, I never pursued like education, like just self-educating myself on like mm-hmm. different topics. But 
after reading Percy Jackson and just realizing how much I learned about Greek mythology, just naturally, not even like trying to pick up on anything, mm-hmm. it definitely like made me want to learn more just in general. Like I would, instead of going home and playing video games and like just rotting away, <laughs> I would uh, like actually apply like the use of the internet and like read stuff. So it definitely motivated me to just learn more uh, outside of like school hours. Yeah, I mean, I think reading as a whole has definitely done that for me too. And Riordan has certainly helped me with that. Like, I mean, I always think back um, to when I was a kid and reading those books and I'm like, oh, what if they're not as good again? And then I'll I'll pick them up and be like, they are that good because they're they're stories for everyone. Mm -hmm. And although it's a story for children, um, I will still stand by that it's a story for everyone. but yeah, I mean, I think he uh, he he was really the person that first got me interested in writing stuff. Anyways, like he planted the seed that would eventually grow to m- me enjoying uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons, which Carson is also a fan of. Love that game. Um, but yeah, that that planted the seed for me. And then uh, I mean, uh, I'm working on my own stuff now, uh, personal writing projects. Like I mean, it, it really planted the seed uh, for me to want to become a writer or become i don't know some someone who's creative with something <laughs> um, and you're very creative wow. your, your dm skills are insane so i've so i've heard so i've heard um but yeah i um i uh carson's got me flustered so i need to think of a response <laughs> that was the goal that's why i can't <laughs> um but yeah i think that um it really, you just need that one push off, for the, sure. off the cliff no, uh, yeah. to, uh, to tumble into whatever you're supposed to do. And for, for me, it was definitely um, those books. I'm really glad that you came on and talked yeah. uh, because Thanks it's something me. I know a lot about. Yes, and I always <laughs> like talking about it. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future as I well so. off the podcast. <laughs> oh, yes, I know we will. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much all for this episode. Um, if you guys have any interest, go back and watch some of the older episodes as well. Um, big shout out to uh, our podcast manager sub, Spencer Dutenley, for being here. Um, usually our podcast manager, Jesse, is here, but he could not be here tonight. So very fortunately, we had Spencer fill in for us. So wonderful shout out to him and podcast manager, Jesse. Um, even though he's not here, he's sick. I hope he gets well soon because he is truly a wonderful man. Um, But yeah, that's all for this episode of Stories That Inspire. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, It's been wonderful. Uh, Carson and I are going to sign off. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs)